Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll feature the one, the only Josh Senders of Tidbits. He's managing editor over there. A little bit later, we'll be talking about web advertising with Ben Williams of Adblock Plus. And you know what that means. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. Josh Centers of Tidbits joins us on the Tech Night Owl Live this week. And we're going to talk about something that he had written about a few weeks ago, and then he got real busy. We didn't have a chance to follow up the discussion. And that is the one, the only, Apple TV which I gather you're quite soured over at this point, right? <laughs> yes, it's uh, not my favorite. Well, tell us more. Okay, what, can you give me some context? Is it is it the HDR article we're talking about? Let's, let's start with that one. Okay. Okay, because there are so many things to be concerned about. One is HDR. Now, you kind of think, why should HDR be complicated? And, of course, we have two different kinds. We have HDR10 and we have Dolby Vision. It's kind of like the days when we had, what, HD, DVD, and Blu-ray to standards. Mm-hmm. Why right. do we need that? Right. Well, my understanding is, so you have HDR10, and it's, it's more widely supported in TV sets. And then you have Dolby Vision, which has support of most of the film industry, but it's, it's not as well supported on TV sets. So I, I think really the, the fact is Dolby Vision is going to be uh, the way to go. It's it's already kind of the winner by default. It's just going to take uh, a while for it to um, get here. People have to replace their TV sets, and it'll just kind of roll in over time. So I'll just tell you straight up, uh, <laughs> I haven't had a chance to write a follow-up article yet because, uh, let's see, last week we were busy with the transition to the new Tidbit site. And this week I'm on vacation. So, so me and John uh, Martellero—I can never say his last name right. John Martellero. John Martellero. Martellero. That's right. I mean, it may be so, wrong, sorry, but he John. never complains. He's gracious about it. <laughs> sorry, John. Well, if it's any consolation, people mispronounce my last name all the time somehow. So, how do you uh, mispronounce centers? You would be amazed. What do they I've do? Say can't. Josh Middle or something. <laughs> I've heard, uh, let's see, Centros, I've heard worse Centros. things about Steinberg, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, right. Long story short, me and John were both working on this problem at the same time. We both have Sony TV sets. And so after I published, we kind of published our articles around the same time. We were actually talking to each other about those articles uh, on back channel while we were writing them and uh, sharing information. And so anyway, after he got his article out, let's see, they updated the firmware in my Sony TV, and then iOS 11.3 came out, and uh, I fiddled with it some more. Nothing was helping. And so I, I went back and read his article, and he had found documentation for his TV, which if you've ever been to Sony's website, it is a mess. It is just a hot mess trying to find anything useful on there. But he had, he had done the diligence of tracking this down, um, which, which I had not done when I wrote the first article. And so I pulled up um, I, you know, I didn't think they offered like a, a changelog. Well, it turns out I was wrong. You just have to really dig for it to find it. Uh, so what they do, they don't release a changelog for every software update. They they roll them all together. And it just says, this section below provides a list of benefits provided by previous updates, including the latest system software update. 
And so I look down here, it says, add support for hybrid log gamma uh, HDR content via HDMI input. And then if you look in the fine print, in the parentheses, it has my TV list. It says, does not apply to a bunch of TVs. And one of those TVs is mine. So it turns out I was basically uh, on a wild goose chase the entire time. My TV, contrary to the Apple TV, sensing that my TV could support it, and contrary to my TV acting as though it could support it because it had the option to turn HDR on, HDMI input, digging through the documentation, it turns out my TV cannot, in fact... Now, now here's the thing. The display can show HDR. And in theory, I've never actually seen this in practice, in theory, the built-in apps can display HDR. So it's an HDR screen, but the HDMI inputs... Do not support HDR. <laughs> None of and them do? <laughs> such a stupid TV. And I'll so, tell you something. You should return it. No, the warranty is probably gone. You know, gone. this is interesting here. I assume these sets would have some information about that. Like, for example, the Vizio M-Series 2017 port number one supports HDR. Mm-hmm. And there's a setting in it. Now, the others do not. They will work with 4K, but they will not bring over the HDR signal. Fortunately, there are two other ways to get 4K. One is the built-in SmartCast app, which is based on Google Chromecast. And that gives you like 10 or 12 apps built in, like Netflix and Vudu and Hulu, etc., etc. You can then cast other apps, hundreds or thousands, whatever is available, from your iPhone or Android phone. And then since that's going through that receiver... It doesn't need the HDMI port. So if you still add one device to HDMI, you should be pretty good. Maybe you get a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray player, whatever they call it. You get a what's them call it. So it, with that, you should have everything you need, unless, of course, your cable provider starts including 4K, which they're not yet. I think the satellite providers are. But I guess for most people, you'll be okay for a Vizio scheme. So one or two ports ought to be enough. Just wanted to clarify that. So in, in the previous software update, I don't know which update that was exactly, uh, I was looking through the settings. And this is what, what started me on this in the first place. And it said um, it had settings for each HDMI port. It was like standard or enhanced. And it said you turn on enhanced for uh, 60 hertz, refresh rates, uh, HDR, et cetera, et cetera, which, you know, it t- if it tells you turn this on to enable HDR, you would think, oh, yes, that supports HDR, right? That would be a sensible uh, thing to assume. And so um, uh, now after the software update, um, they totally changed the set how the settings menu works, um, and they redesigned a bunch of stuff. So I had to, you know, dig through this stuff again. I pulled up that setting again, and, it te- and, and, and this time it explicitly says that um, you can, enhanced is only supported on HDMI ports two and four, right? So, um, and of course, I turned it on on one and three. <laughs> and oh, and by the way, you have to reset your TV now each time uh, uh, you want to change this. So I had to like reboot the stupid TV four different times because each HDMI port was set wrong. So I set two and four to the enhanced. Did I say two and four? I went two and three, I think. I put my Chromecast Ultra on HDMI input three, or whichever one was uh, supporting HDR. And that, and that's goofy, because I've never heard of that. I was, I've always heard, like, it was, you know, HDMI port one, or, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand this at all. 
he is confused clearly about describing it because the whole system is confused. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's the problem. See, I'll tell you what happened here, Gene, is that they have a generic software update with Android in it for, you know, a dozen different TV models. And, and a lot of these TV models are just overlapping anyway. It's like, oh, here, here's like 12 different 55-inch uh, TVs, right? Uh, <laughs> instead of just, you know, one model. It's, it's ridiculous. And so, um, and so, yeah, for some TVs, yeah, it will enable HDR. I couldn't tell you which ones. It doesn't tell you which ones. It just tells you which ones it does not. And so they have the HDR settings for your TV, whether it supports those or not. So anyone who doesn't go to Sony's website and dig through this stuff, um, and, and if anyone's curious, can you see the release notes on the TV? Well, when it prompts you to install the update, this doesn't happen if you manually install it. You don't see a prompt for this. If it prompts you to install the update, it'll have a button there. It says release notes or, or whatever, uh, update information, however they, they word that. Um, but I've never been able to actually pull it to select it. It's just, it just either I can hit the enter button and the little center button and let it do its thing or uh, it, it, like, it goes away. And then you know have what? Go. We have to go away for a couple of minutes. <laughs> All right. And then we'll get back and try to figure this out, try to sort it out, and try to consider the mess. I'm the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. I tried other brands, but I came back to my sunshine. For the best hot or cold pain relief, get the best. Get a Sunny Bay heating pad. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder. And the best relief for that pain is a Sunny Bay heating pad. Did you know that the American College of Physicians said that one of the best ways to treat muscle pain is heat therapy? Sunny Bay heating pads are handmade with high quality, can be used at home or at work, and have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Why take another pill? Many people use our Sunny Bay heating pads alone and got rid of the neck pain. Long distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body. See why our homegrown small business at sunny-bay.com has tried to help people just like you. Get your Sunny Bay heating pads at sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. Or call 253-678-1361. For hot and cold therapy, sunny-bay.com. Has your body ever gone low blood sugar feeling weak, shaky, knowing you better eat something fast? We all know high blood sugar can lead to many metabolic problems. At GCNteam.com, we have a healthy blood sugar pack, focusing on the structure and function of stable blood sugar. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. 
Nothing feels worse than unstable blood sugar. Call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at Slingbow.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Josh Centers, Managing Editor of Tidbits, trying to make sense of HDR. Because TV makers with two standards haven't figured out how to make it simple. You see, this is what also bothers me about TV sets. Too many models. Like you were saying, what, Sony has a dozen 55-inch displays? Now I don't know. This is pulling a number out. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Vizio, let's see. They've got the E-series. They've got the D-series. They've got the... M series, which is kind of the middle. They've got the P series, and then they have a reference series, which is a really, really special model. That's five. It's still kind of confusing. Yeah, I mean, just you know, just have like one model, or maybe two models. You know, regular and a pro. And and the sad thing is, I mean, Sony seems to have a hard time keeping up with all these different models. Gene, I could do a whole show complaining about Sony and how great of a company it could be, and how mess how much of a mess it is because uh they do too much they don't have strong leadership like sony is notorious for different areas of sony like sony's basically in a constant state of civil war sony used to be a great company mm-hmm. sony produced probably the first commercially distributed color tv the trinitron it used to be like a gold standard it had the walkman And at some point in time, they had all sorts of things going on, and the company became a confused mess. You are coping with the version of Sony that is the confused mess. Right. Well, you know, I think a lot of the problems started when uh, they got in the media business. They started buying record labels and stuff like that, and then they gave 
the movie and the record label people an equal seat at the table. And so every new hardware technology comes along, they opposed it, especially, you know, when piracy was a huge issue in the early 2000s. It's why I think I've said this in the show a million times. It's why Sony took forever to get into the MP3 market. Like they had to use a track or whatever goofy format they're using because, you know, the music division wouldn't have it. They just would not have it. And so um, now if you had somebody like a Steve Jobs, you know, like some sort of like a, a benevolent dictator, who could say, no, shut up, here's what we're doing, this is what we're doing, like it or leave, you know, they could have, uh, you know, they could still do greatness. I mean, I mean, there are some aspects of Sony, they'll come out with a great product every now and then. So- I wonder about, I guess we have to consider Apple too, but I wonder about Sony, and Apple at some times in the past had been compared to Sony, but I wonder here about the logic behind having a movie studio having TV production, except that Apple's hiring a lot of their TV production executives for its own initiative. I wonder about having a full-blown movie studio and all the rest. And it's not a question of offering extra features. It's that they don't seem to understand how to integrate them. Now, Apple is obviously doing some of what Sony is because it has a wider variety of products than it used to. It has a music streaming service. It's going to produce TV shows. So Apple has to confront this. I just kind of sort of feel they're doing it more carefully and it's going to be more organized, one hopes. Yeah, I, I just have a fear that, that, they, that when this, once they have to suck up to Hollywood too much and have to suck up to the music industry too much, they're going, their hands are going to be tied on, on every a- aspect. I mean, there's this... Not a great precedent for it, and quite frankly, I don't. I don't think Tim Cook's the guy to you know take that strong hand. Not like Steve Jobs was. Now, now if Steve had been doing this, I'd say yeah, totally, because because no one was going to tell him you know how, how to run his own company, especially when when he you know owned it, <laughs> when he owned everything. You know, I mean, the the music industry didn't boss him around when it was a case of you know they need each other about equally. So yeah, I'm I, about this whole thing. I don't think it's uh. In the long run, I don't think it's going to be a great play for Apple. It's it's sort of like you know how all empires die in Afghanistan. You know all all great hardware empires die uh, trying to appease the content gods. Yeah, but the thing to bear in mind here is Tim Cook will depend on an executive or a set of executives to run those things. And in a situation like that, what kind of authority do those executives have? How does he integrate the company with its other divisions? What kind of organization? Because he's a more traditional, he's more traditional kind of executive. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think, uh, I, I just, like I said, I, just, I don't have gr- a great feeling about it. Now, now, part of the problem, too, with with Sony, that, that probably, probably won't be a problem... And, uh, you know, in the case of Apple in the United States, is they're, they're very much about gaining consensus, right? Like, if you're the CEO, it's not like you just tell everyone you're going to do this and you're going to do that. They, they sit around a table and, okay, we have the division of every, you know, the, the vice president of every division of the company here. We need everyone to agree, right? And we, we cannot move forward until everyone agrees. And, and therefore, that, they'll never do anything. Right. Never do anything interesting. Because you know everyone has to be everyone has to leave the table happy. You know, unlike here in the United States, where you know you may just leave angry. You know, <laughs> that's okay. Just be angry, do your job. I couldn't ever leave. I couldn't care less. Someone will be along to replace you if you don't want to be here. 
There you go. Anyway, long and short, forgetting the confusion of the Sony, what about Apple TV? How well is it doing HDR? Um, nah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's the same. I mean, it's kind of one of the same, right? It's, uh, I mean, it's funny. The, the Apple TV seems to support, seems to take... Um, you know, HDR just fine, and push out HDR just uh, isn't working well with the TV. Um, so yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell you. Now, if you uh, if you have an iPad Pro, one of the more recent ones, you can watch HDR movies on there and get a sense of what they look like. I mean, it looks good. Um, I think it's a it's a more noticeable improvement than 4K. But you know, it's one of those things. I I wouldn't run out and buy a new TV set just for it. Um, you know, not yet. I mean, I, you know, I think HDR will be a big deal in five years. You know, it'll be a nice thing to have in five years. Uh, you know, sort of like, I think for most people, that's how, what HD was like, right? Like, you know, there, you got people who are uh, sort of like us who are on the cutting edge of stuff and they'll, they'll go through the trouble of configuring this stuff. And then, you know, most people don't really care. And, you know, honestly, 1080p, you know, just regular 1080p looks pretty dang good, you know. Um, you know, I'm not going to stress too much about it. I, I you know, I, I, I do think about it from the, you know, the perspective of, you know, uh, how do you get to work? So I can tell people how to get to work. So there you have it. That's, that's sort of my thoughts on TV right now. And, you know, all, all we've watched all week, you know, I'm, I've been on vacation home with my family. It's all we've watched this week is the Andy Griffin show. Hold, 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 hold. What? The what? The, the Andy Griffin show. Okay. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Okay. I don't know why. So we have a special version of the show to offer you, the version free of the network ads. In order to receive that version, you've got to subscribe to Tech Night Owl Plus. For more information, go to plus.technightowl.com. That's plus.technightowl.com. Prices start at just $1.49 a week. Cheap. we got more to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. Don't know if you know this or not, Josh. Did you realize that... Some of the sets of the Andy Griffith show were used for the original Star Trek series. No, but I, I don't find that terribly surprising because they, they tend to. So what all do they reuse? Well, I think Mayberry. They uh, use that for the Enterprise? <laughs> no, not for the Enterprise where they land on Earth or something. The one where he goes back through time and he falls in love with this woman 
who Sitting has to die according to the timeline, and he has to allow that death. All right, sitting on the edge of forever. It's exactly. like one of the most okay. one of the most famous. It's one of the best episodes of Star Trek ever. And some of the scenes were done on the Mayberry set. These shows were produced by Desi Lu originally. Desi Lu right. is Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. That was their production company for their own show, I Love Lucy. And when that show ended, at that point, they had formed a production company. When the idea for Star Trek came along, Lucille Ball was the one who said yes. And thanks to Lucille Ball, we have Star Trek. Yeah. And then that studio was taken over by Paramount. Roughly speaking. Okay, so why the Andy Griffith show? I don't know, we just like it. Another (laughs) interesting tidbit about Andy Griffith. Originally, Andy Griffith was supposed to be the funny guy, and Don Knotts was going to be the straight guy. They did one episode... And Don Knotts is Don Knotts, or was Don Knotts, although his real first name, by the way, was Jesse. He didn't like that name, but Don Knotts was really Jesse. All right, and Andy Griffith would call him Jesse behind the scenes just to irritate him. Right, or Jess, exactly. And they were very close friends for the rest of their lives, because they had similar backgrounds. And after seeing that show, Andy Griffith says, he's the funny guy. Now, I first saw, by the way, Don Knotts, on the old Steve Allen show, where he'd play this nervous guy, thin, nervous guy. And he'd say, are you nervous? And he'd say, nope. You don't remember that, do you? No, nah, I, I never saw that. I did see uh, No Time for Sergeants, which uh, sort of propelled Andy Griffith to fame. Him and Don Knotts are both in that movie. It's a super funny movie. And it's funny because Andy Griffith is sort of playing a Gomer Powell kind of character. Like the whole the whole plot is it's a country boy joins the army and he's just all kinds of stupid and confused and don't know what's going on. But yeah, so, that's, so if anyone's listening, that's a real funny movie for like that sort of thing. Um, Do you like uh, the you fact know, as, that this kind of movie portrays Southerners as dumb? <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't think it's so much he was dumb. Uh, you know, it's just like a fish out of water. Is, is more okay. like, you know, like, uh, you know, for instance, you know, on the Andy Griffith show, Goober Pyle is, you know, kind of considered an idiot, but uh, he's more of an idiot savant. Cause is when that it comes Goober to, or, or Gomer? Well, either one, really, I guess. But Goober especially. We've been watching the, the color episodes, which I don't really recommend to anyone, but Goober is a much more of a focus because they had to make up for a lack of Don Knotts. And, uh, you know, that's Goober's whole thing. He can fix anything. And, um you know, and fix it pretty easily. So, uh, you know, so he's not an idiot. It's just, you know, he, he has a you know certain talent somewhere. Uh, as, as to why that's what we've been watching, well, it, I mean, it's we like the show. It's funny. But also, it's just, it's a nice, wholesome show. You know, it's just, it's not filthy. It's not dirty. Uh, it's, you know, generally a, a fairly positive thing to watch, you know. So, and I, I'm, I'm just haven't been too enthused with TV in general lately, and my wife still likes watching TV, so that's sort of what we, we can agree upon. <laughs> well, of course, the other issue that we remember is his son, Opie, who, of course, was Ron Howard. Don't think anybody watching this little kid would realize he'd become an Oscar-winning movie director. Right. Also, he's, he's like- his dad appeared in... Andy Griffith's show and wrote some of the episodes. Yeah, Ron Howard's had a spectacular career. I don't think anyone's had 
the career he's had. Because I mean, he he went from Andy Griffin to uh, you know basically just jump straight to Happy Days, and he I think didn't he direct some? No, no, he no he started some movies like he started one uh, those American Graffiti, one of George Lucas's first movies before Star Wars, and he was in some movies and did Happy Days, and then when did he start directing? Like the seventies, I think maybe the eighties. Splash was one of his first movies. Yeah, so that was the eighties. So I'm looking at it right now, by the way. Okay, Ron Howard, and he's done occasional acting gigs. But I'm looking, and for some reason, the movie database is very, very, very slow. (laughs) But there he is, born in 1954 in Duncan, Oklahoma. And let's hit the the acting. Okay, he did a couple of shorts in 1969. He did Grand Theft Auto. 1977, Cotton Candy, Night Shift, which, of course, we know that it starred the actor who later became Batman, Michael Keaton, and, of course, Fonzie was in that. Right. He he played like a funeral director or something. Splash, 1984, Cocoon. Think of all the films that he did here. Backdraft, about firemen, Apollo 13, Ransom, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Da Vinci Code. I'm looking at the films that Ron Howard did. And then a documentary about the Beatles, Eight Days a Week. He was also the narrator on Arrested Development. And by the way, he's also directing a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Solo, a Star Wars movie about Han Solo in the early days. And he's doing post-production on that now. So that's the early days, kind of like the early days, kind of like they did that with X-Men, where you have the old X-Men and the young X-Men. Right. Yeah, I I don't think this, I'm not so psyched about the solo movie. I don't think it's going to be very good, but, uh, and Ron Howard hasn't had the best record lately, but hey, you know what? He's, he's had a good run of it. He's Ron Howard. What do we care? Right. He don't, he doesn't have to prove anything to anyone. That's it. You know, he found his niche. His daughter is an actress. Yeah, that was a running uh, storyline on Arrested Development. Because I think one of the characters was dating his daughter, and and he kept showing up. It always reminds me about crazy shticks like that, where which show is it that Matt Damon keeps showing up on a late night show? No, it's Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. He just walks in and and goofs with him for a few minutes. But he plays the the unwanted uncle or cousin. You don't want him to be there, even though he's an Oscar-winning actor and screenwriter. You don't want him there. You don't want Matt Damon. You don't want want that guy. But there he is. Well, I think the gag from the start of the show back when, you know, no one outside of, you know, People who watched the Man Show knew who Jimmy Kimmel was, and no one really cared. He always apologized for bumping Matt Damon. You know, the joke, be, you know, of course, the joke being that you know Jimmy Kimmel couldn't land someone like Matt Damon. Now, of course, you know he's he's arguably the biggest of the three late night hosts. So you know, now he can have him on as a gag if he wants to. And Matt Damon isn't quite as Matt Damon as he used to be. <laughs> he's he's not quite. A, I mean, he's still a pretty big star, but you know, he's not you know just untouchable like he once was. Then again, who is? 
Who is? Yeah, so he gets away with it. And that's okay. You know, the couple of movie stories like that are really funny. And I remember Dustin Hoffman doing this improvised shtick with a guy who later became an actor. And he played a gay character in As Good As It Gets, Greg Kinnear. He used to do this kind of late night sort of comedy show. Yeah, and every so the- often we'd have Dustin Hoffman. You didn't think this guy's funny. He was funny. We're going to have something that may or may not be funny. We're going to have more to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Extendivite is more than just a heart tonic. Do you have any of these symptoms? Night cramps in the hands and feet. Your arms and legs often go to sleep. On short walks, do your legs get aches and pains? Is your memory worse than it used to be? Ankles that swell late in the day? Has your blood pressure increased lately? If you answered yes to even one of these questions, you may have early warning signs of arterial blockages. Your body is saying that it is time to take Extendivite. 
These are not the normal signs of aging. They are the warning signs that accompany blocked arteries. Get your Extendivite today. Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Face it, today's electric power grid is more vulnerable than ever. From natural disasters to EMP attacks and hacking, the grid could be crippled for days or even decades in the most dire scenarios. Visit quantumharvest.net to see our built-to-last EMP-protected solar power systems. While millions suffer, you'll have vital power for water pumps, refrigeration, and sanitation. Now that's peace of mind. EMP-protected solar power systems for every need and budget. See our full range at quantumharvest.net. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Well, from HDR to Andy Griffith to Dustin Hoffman and Greg Kinnear, and Matt Damon, will there be another Bourne movie? No idea. I saw the first one like I don't know, a few years ago. <laughs> My knowledge of that. You know what? There's a kind of a funny thing came up. April Fool's Day. One of the British newspapers says that Daniel Craig will give up being James Bond. He's doing one more film. And he'll be replaced by Tom Hardy. Yeah, I mean, I guess Tom Hardy would be a pretty good choice. You know, he's he's doing a lot of action roles. Except that two things. Number one, he's too short. He's five foot nine. I don't mean anything. No, probably he's not. But remember, also he's he's Bane from The Dark Knight Rises. You didn't realize how short he was there. You know, he beat the you know what out of Batman, but he's just a right. little guy. And he played Mad Max. Yeah. So I mean, he he could be he could be Bond. Yeah. There's another I, I guy saw. I thought would be a good Bond, and we'll get on to other subjects in a moment. Another guy is a British actor named Adam Rayner. And Adam Rayner appeared in a TV show for FX called Tyrant, where he's an American doctor who grew up in this Arabic country as the son of the president. And he becomes, at the end of the series, kind of the dictator himself, doing some of the horrible things that his dad did. And he had this beard. And then they did, on Netflix, I think, a version of The Saint. That's the character that Roger Moore played before he did Bond. And you see him early in the movie with the beard, probably because he was filming it at the same time when he was doing the TV series. Later on, you see him without the beard, doing Bond stuff, more action stuff, as The Saint, Simon Templer. And I thought, watching this guy, he'd be a good James Bond. He has the right build. He has the right look. You know, he's got the right speech pattern. And he's not known. And he's the right age, late 30s or early 40s. Adam Rayner. James Bond? I have a couple of... Uh, I'm trying to find the guy's name. I saw that Peter Rabbit movie uh, a couple, like, last week. Took my kid to it. 
And I'm trying to remember, who's the guy who started it? Since the starring, that's the guy. Yeah, Dom Hall Gleason. I was thinking, he's about my age. That's crazy. So anyway, I was I was watching him and thinking, you know, he could make a good, he could actually make a really good James Bond. Oh, he played. Oh, he played General Hux in uh, the, the newer Star Wars movies. Yeah, I think he could actually pull off James Bond. Another guy, and this is sort of a curveball. Ed Skrine, who, um, if you've watched uh, the Deadpool movie, he was the bad guy in, in Deadpool. He was in one of the Transporter movies, one of the one of the crappy ones that didn't have uh, Jason Statham. I mean, they're all kind of crappy, but I mean, you at least want Jason Statham if you're going to watch one of those. And I was watching him in in that movie, like the way he was moving and you know handling a gun and driving a car. I know it wasn't really him driving it, but I mean, just just the way he looked in the car and just the way he looked, you know, with, with a gun. I was like, this guy could be James Bond. I don't know if he's got the charisma. I'm not sure. It's kind of rough looking, which I mean that you know that didn't hold back uh, Blondie, you know, whatever his name is. But <laughs> you know, so that's that's sort of my two picks. I know a lot of people want the fella, the guy who played Luther. Uh, he was. Uh, oh, I'm so bad with names. He's, he's a super famous actor. I'm just terrible. Uh, Idris Elba. Idris Elba. A lot of people want him for Bond. He'd probably be a pretty good Bond. Yeah, you know that's that's like the popular choice. I always always like having oddball choices personally for that sort of stuff. Oh, by the way, Adam Rayner is going to appear in a pilot called The Fix, and he will star with Robin Tunney, who played the female lead in The Mentalist, and they'll Adam. be teamed together. It's described as part legal thriller, part confessional, and part revenge fantasy. Hmm. Ew. This picture is right. by way of Aaron Rayner in different roles, and I think he yeah. does fit the part. But. Oh, yeah, yeah. They put him in the Saint. Yeah, he, he kind of. Oh, he's maybe a little too pretty for James Bond, at least at least where they're at these days. You think, of course, of Daniel Craig. Right. Daniel Craig, yeah. Blondie. Yeah. So that ah. was it right there. And I'm looking at the various people here. And I, oh, right. We don't really need to know this. Speaking of which, since we indirectly brought up the subject, what do you think of Apple's selection of TV shows? Uh, what do you mean, like, what they're buying up? What they're buying so far. I think the first mistake they made was to reboot Amazing Stories, a 1980s sci-fi horror anthology from Steven Spielberg. Because why do we care about a failed TV show from the 1980s bringing it back. Gene, you're stabbing me in the heart. I loved Amazing Stories growing up, but I agree. There, don't bring it back. There's no point bringing it back. It has time. You know, now, it's not unusual to bring back old shows anymore. Like Hawaii Five O is in its what eighth season, and that's of course a reboot of a 1960s and 70s show. But the original show I think lasted 12 years. I forget. I looked it up with Jack Lord playing the role of Steve McGarrett. Then they brought back SWAT, a 1970s show about a SWAT team with a gentleman who used to be on, what is it, Criminal Minds, one of the stars. Except that show only lasted two years. They had a movie version of it with LL Cool J in the early 2000s. And now it's a TV series on CBS that has been brought back for its second season. It's going to come back for its second season. So you never know. Maybe Apple is correct about that. I wonder about 
a show about morning TV with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. Why? In fact, they've already had the troubles. They lost the original showrunner who created the series. He's gone. I've got to find somebody new to run it. Yeah, they, they kind of seem to be stabbing in the dark here. And you have to wonder what they're, what's driving them here. You know, because Netflix has a ton of data. You know, when they, when they first launched uh, House of Cards, you know, they had a lot of data on their viewers. And they knew, oh, people are going to like this because they like, uh, uh, <laughs> well, they used to like uh, Kevin Spacey. And, the, and they liked uh, uh, the, the guy who was the producer, the David Fincher. And, uh, you know, so they had data on that. And, uh you know what? what the Apple doesn't have any data. Apple makes a point of not collecting data, so they're just they're just you know bumming around. But what Apple should do just buy, just buy a company that does. If you're really going to get into this, you feel like you have to get into this. They probably do, I guess. Um, is you know I thought they should have bought Time Warner when they had a chance. Don't let AT and T buy it. You go, you go ahead and buy it. I think it's really, going to be too much stuff for them to do. In fact, there was a rumor that Apple right. was going to buy the James Bond series. They're going to buy Eon Productions, and they'd have access to James Bond. I think here what Apple is doing is picking names: Cerise Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston. You know, light comedy, light drama. You think Steven Spielberg, how could he miss? But he hasn't had a blockbuster movie in a long time. Then they have Ronald D. Moore from, of course, Star Trek and also Battlestar Galactica. That's a reason, I guess. So there are things like that where they brought back names, hoping they'd bring something to the table. Oh, we got these names. They're going to do it. Oh, geez. You know, speaking of terrible reboots, apparently there's an article out today. They're making Indiana Jones five, and they're saying, "Oh, it'll probably be Harrison Ford's last." Like, like probably he's <laughs> he's what eighty years old. He's about seventy five, I think. Seventy five. Good, good lord. Just, All right, here's uh, the stop. Apple shows: Planet of the Apps, yeah, Carpool terrible. Karaoke, the series, worst shows ever. All right, <laughs> Central Park, an animated music comedy, M Night Shyamalan. Straight oh, to series yeah. run. The problem yeah. with M. Night Shyamalan is when was the last, I can pronounce it, you notice. When yeah. was the last successful movie that he did? M. Night Shyamalan. Okay. Swagger, a drama series based on Kevin Durant, whatever the heck that is. Oh, it's a basketball thing. Amazing stories, we know about that one. Are You Sleeping? That's also. That's the one that a podcast opens a long-closed murder case in the public eye. Little America, okay, and the Witherspoon Aniston thing, Ronald D. Moore sci-fi series, and then something called Home, a documentary, Kristen Wiig comedy series, See a Futuristic Drama, and before we get on with these failed shows from Apple, we're going to be successful. Just listen. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Out Live, we've got the one, the only, Josh Sinners. And I'm looking over the shows expected from Apple. Damien Chazelle drama series. Oh, the writer and director of La La Land. Vital Signs. Produced by Dr. Dre. Forget about that. Anyway, I don't know if I had to pay for a service like that. Right. That I would have an iota of interest in it. I'd pay you to not watch any of that stuff. You'd pay for not to watch it. Okay. <laughs> but that's the plan. They're going to pull a YouTube. They're going to put all this stuff in your iTunes account unless you pay nine ninety nine a month. You know, I think what's going to happen here, it's going to be included with Apple Music. Because they're yeah, already probably. doing things to differentiate themselves, like adding the music videos and everything. Or they'll throw in the TV app or something, yeah. If this is included in Apple Music, how do I watch it on Apple TV? Do I open the music app to watch this stuff? Okay, so I'll include the TV. You're going to open the music app to watch your TV show? Yes. <laughs> They'll change the name to Apple Music and TV. These will be value-added extras. It's the only way it makes sense because it gets a wide audience, including Android. Remember, Apple Music is on Android. Apple so they'll get that circulation. And right now... 
if you look at all the music services, and this was hinted at in a statement from Jimmy Iovine, where he was pointing out that all the streaming services are similar. And how does Apple Music and Spotify separate each other? What does Apple Music have? Well, they got the music videos now. But how do you separate it? And if you add TV shows atop the music, suddenly it becomes more difficult to compete. It doesn't mean that Apple can't fork it into a TV streaming service later on. But right now, I think the problem is that you have too many streaming services. Some are very limited in what they give you, like CBS All Access, where the major show is Star Trek Discovery, and probably the reason why 75% of the people subscribe to it. They also have a spinoff for Good Wife. But you're not going to spend $5.99 or $9.99 a month, depending on the limited commercial version or the non-commercial version, to have one show. Doesn't make sense. And I think Apple has to realize that, that they can't develop a TV streaming service with one show or 10 shows or 20 shows if there's no other content. At least with Netflix, you got a lot of stuff, even if it's legacy or older catalog, in addition to original movies and all the TV shows. But Apple starting out on Apple Music and TV, maybe later forking the service in a different way, that might work. This way, Apple doesn't have to give you $10 worth of content a month. They give you all the music. They give you some TV shows. And I think more and more people will subscribe to it. And that's a way to really differentiate themselves from Spotify. And remember, the current audience is 38 million plus 8 million sampling the service. That's 46 million people. That's a good way to start a TV show with a potential audience of 46 million people. That's more of a cap, isn't it? You know, if that's how many subscribers you have, you know, that's that's the most people that can watch your show, unless people subscribe to Apple Music to watch one of these shows, which at, at this point, I, I'm i not sure anyone would. <laughs> Did they, I, I'd always be curious. I'd love to ask Eddie Q this. Um, if, if you could get a straight answer, you wouldn't get a straight answer. I would love to ask, did, do you know if anyone subscribed to Apple Music to watch Planet of the Apps? They know. You think they know? I'm not sure they'd share that, but you think they'd know. Could well, Netflix doesn't share its stats. Right. Yeah, I, I'd just be curious. I would just be curious. Um, they don't know who watched it, but they know how many. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll say, I, I don't I don't think they'd share that information, but I would be curious if anyone did. Like, I mean, maybe, um, you, you know, maybe, uh, you know, there, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's probably one person, right? There's always a guy. It's probably some tech reporter who, like, just wanted to see if, uh, you know, what that was like. <laughs> and they didn't have, they were on Spotify normally. That's probably, that's probably your scenario there. That's probably who subscribed to watch Planet of the Apps. There you go. I don't know what's going to happen with the service. I am anxious to see how it turns out, but concerned once again with the fact that those shows don't seem terribly, terribly compelling. Now, Apple has hired the AI guy and search guy from Google. And I can't pronounce his name. The name is Greek. He's a Scotsman. You heard about this, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, that's something I actually heard about this week. Um, yeah, it's it's huge. Um, it's a huge uh, get for Apple, and I think it's also a good sign because I don't think they would have um, got this guy on board unless they had a very good sales pitch. And part of that sales pitch is undoubtedly uh, we want to do this a lot better and we want to give you a lot of leeway. Um, you know, I don't think this is going to be a paper master situation because I mean, you, you don't leave. You don't leave such a huge post at Google, and Google treats their employees really well. You know, that's one of the things we know about Google. Google, you know, if you're especially if you're high level, they, they treat you like a king there, right? Apple, not as much, but um, you know, that's the thing. You know, I mean, and, and Apple could give him all the money in the world. I'm sure he's got. I'm sure this dude's already got all the money he ever wants. You know, he's probably got several million dollars. You know, whoop de doo. Um, you know, so they had to have, I think, a pretty compelling pitch and, and the promise of a lot of support and probably even evidence of that support and to say that we're going to change things, we're going to make things better. Because otherwise, I mean, you wouldn't even want to want to do it, right? You wouldn't even want to do the job. I mean, because this, this guy, you know, unless he just, you know, he just really wants the money or something. I mean, uh, so I think it's a good sign, not just the hiring, but whatever they're able to tell this guy to convince him to come on board. And I hope he improves uh, a series significantly. Um, I hope they improve all their their services significantly. But um, I think before that happens, two two things have to happen. Two things have to happen, Gene. One, um, they have to fix their broken Apple ID system. It's It dates from the 80s. It's, it's built on web objects, which is a 1980s technology. Um, there's so much stuff you, you can't do with Apple. Like, for instance, if you change your email address, which is something you can theoretically do, um, you're going to break a lot of stuff. In fact, you could even make your account unusable. It's, I've heard of account corruption from doing that. That's ridiculous. You know, Google, no one else has this problem. Amazon doesn't have that problem. You can go to Amazon and change your email address 15 times in a day. The only thing, the only holdup might be they might think there's something security-wise going on with your account, right? Um, the other thing they need to fix is this folk, this fixation on syncing, right? I think this is what, one of the biggest things holding Apple services back. A lot of people say it's Apple's privacy policy, and that doesn't help. I think the main thing is, like Google Photos. You upload your photos, and all the clients view them in the cloud where they are. You know, the cloud is the truth, as, as uh, Steve Jobs once said. But that's not, the cloud is not the truth. With Apple, you don't you, unless you use the web client, which no one does. You, you look at your iCloud photos. You're not viewing what's in the cloud. You're viewing what is synced to your device from the cloud. Even if you're going for the minimal, uh, you know, picture, uh, whatever they call that option, you're, you're still so, storing a small version of the picture uh, on on your device, and that's what you're looking at, right? So. There's just a lot of and, and and syncing breaks a lot of stuff. It's why people had so many problems with uh, Apple Music at first. Because instead of you just viewing uh, your music in the cloud or in their music in the cloud, they try to put uh, you know they try to sync stuff and they synced the wrong things and they synced over the music you had, and that freaked people out and that ticked people off and that left a. I mean, you know, when you got Jim Dalrymple on the loop cussing Apple out and, you know, virtually screaming and typing in all caps, that's not good. That's not that's not a good look. And it's all because of this focus and this fixation on syncing local processing. And, and you know, really- we're going to sync some messages for you, ladies and gentlemen. We have Josh Centers for one more segment, or is it Josh Middle on the Tech Night Out Live? 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Are you one of the 70% of Americans that want to own your own business, afraid to leave the security of your current job to pursue your dreams? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current job schedule, creating an extra income for you and your family by joining his crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. Hey folks, Tom D. for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual. And this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Face it, today's electric power grid is more vulnerable than ever. From natural disasters to EMP attacks and hacking, the grid could be crippled for days or even decades in the most dire scenarios. Visit quantumharvest.net to see our built-to-last EMP-protected solar power systems. While millions suffer, you'll have vital power for water pumps, refrigeration, and sanitation. Now that's peace of mind. EMP-protected solar power systems for every need and budget. See our full range at quantumharvest.net.
We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. I deliberately distorted Josh Sender's name. But anyway, let's get back. You know, I'm really interested here that Apple has recognized that Siri needs to be better, that they need to put their money in the right place. And remember, this new executive, whose name I can't pronounce, will report direct to Tim Cook. Yeah, that's good. It's all good signs. It's all good signs. Uh, they have a lot, a lot of fundamental stuff I think they need to fix. And, and another thing, too, you know, and, and my friend Zach uh, Zaichi is always going off about this. Another friend of mine who works at NBC is always going off about this, about how they have to start collecting data. They should still stay committed to privacy. They, you know, they just need to stay up front. Look, we're not going to sell it. We're going to encrypt it, et cetera. But uh, this differential privacy stuff, and it is not working. Not you know, use Google services for a while, some better than others, but use Google services, especially like Google Photos. You compare Google Photos. Yes. Um, iCloud Photos is a joke. It's like, you know, there are pictures I can, def- I, I have found in, thanks to Google Photos that would have just been lost forever in a big pile in iCloud Photos. You know, like Google Photos, you can go and say, uh, show me a picture of a smiling blonde from Christmas 2003, and it'll pull up that picture. It's that good at this stuff. And, and, and Apple is so far behind there. And so hopefully this dude can uh, get them up to speed there. I mean, iCloud Photos does a little bit of that. You know, you can be like, look for a tree. And like, well, here's four pictures of a tree and a picture of a dog. <laughs> How's that? You know, this is sort of the competition there, you know. And, uh, so they need to fix authentication. And they need to fix their identity problem. They need to fix fixation with syncing, you know, make the cloud the truth, like Steve said. And here's another thing I've heard. And if you uh, start hearing this in the actual press, you heard it here first. Little birdies inside Apple have told me that the plan right now, the PR fix for all the problems with Siri and HomePod and services, is they're going to blame it on Steve Jobs. They're going to say, oh, well, this was always Steve's vision. We just we were just enacting Steve's vision. And, and I guess Steve's vision couldn't hold up. And now we have to fix it. I don't um, think they're going to say anything against Steve Jobs. I would hope they wouldn't. But no, I mean, because Steve this, Jobs is the I've deity of Apple. People. I've heard this from multiple people. Uh, there's I a mean, way maybe you could phrase it. Right, right. I mean, I, I hope they don't do it because it would be a really shameful thing. I don't think Apple they would. I think they'll just say, uh, what would they say? They would say, you know, we just we set up a beautiful platform for the service, and it's now... Because of the fact that it's grown so much, we need to overhaul it. There are ways to do that without attacking anybody. And I don't think Apple attacks anybody. They didn't attack Scott Forstall because of the Apple Maps debacle. And he sure deserved it. Well, that's, that's a bit of a contentious issue. There, there are definitely some Forstall, uh, actually quite a few Forstall loyalists to this day. There's a lot of people who think that if Forstall were still at Apple, they would be doing things a lot better. Um, you know, of course, that's impossible to tell. 
But now, here's part of the problem. And I've heard this from several former employees. Uh, Bob Burroughs, one of them, um, some other people I've heard from on Twitter. When Apple fired Forstall because he was contentious, and he was known to be contentious, the, the message that's sent to everyone else at Apple is that you do not challenge the authority ever. And Apple, under Steve Jobs, was always a company where you, you challenged and you argued, and, and that's how you came up with great products. Um, you know, and one of these things, and this is another thing I've heard consistently. You know, it used to be at Apple, you could be a janitor. You know, if you see something out of line, or if you're like a software engineer and you see something out, you know, oh, there's a dirty bathroom. You complain to somebody about it, and it would get fixed, right? Like uh, Bob Burrow, who was, uh, you know, I think software engineer. He would see things going wrong on the factory floor in China and complain to somebody and get fixed. And I've heard this from several people. The adjutant Cook is very much like a normal company, like pretty much any big company I've ever worked at where, oh, hey, accounting is doing this wrong. Well, stay in your life. Shut, sit down. Shut up. You're not in accounting, are you? That's, that's just sort of the attitude now. Like, we're the experts. We'll handle this. More compartmentalized. Yes, yes, more compartmentals. Well, you know, and it's, I'll just be real blunt. It's its a loser. You know, it's, it's the way losers organize a company because it's how you protect your own little fiefdom. It's how you protect yourself. It's how you protect your job. The way jobs ran things was very much, it was harsh. It was a harsh environment. It was, it was very tough. But, you know, the people who, who love to, you know, aren't afraid of being challenged and love to produce great things love that sort of thing. You know, it, yeah, and it's a hard place to work. It, it, I mean, you know, if you have thin skin, it's not for you. And that's the problem now. Apple has too many people who um, they have thin skins. Hey, let me tell you, every time I, I dish out some really, I will not even say harsh, but some Apple criticism that you can tell really strikes a nerve with some people. I, I start getting messages. And I have friends who say, they'll say similar things. They'll get messages. They're just kind of weird messages. It's like, well, I'm, I'm not affiliated with Apple. But let me tell you, there are people inside Apple who think you need to you know, be a little quieter, you know, stuff like that. To be fair, I've also heard from Apple employees who say, look, you know, I have never been like that. I, I, that's not the way I am. You know, if you have uh, complaints, I want to hear about it. And those are great people. Apple has a ton of great employees, so don't get me wrong. But there are people inside Apple these days who have very thin skins, and they wouldn't have survived under jobs. They wouldn't have survived that kind of rule. And, you know, for all of Tim Cook's good qualities, they really need somebody back who isn't afraid of getting their hands a little dirty. You know, and I, I think that's really Cook's problem. He's a little too clean. They have a Mr. Rogers. They really need, you know, more of a pit bull. Well, I understand Cook can, if necessary, assert himself. Sure. I mean, you know, one of the stories I heard the Apple PR circulated back when he got hired was there's a story about... He had a board meeting. He's talking about, you know, there's some problem in China. And, you know, like a minute or two later, he, he looks over to the executive in charge of that and says, why are you still here? And the guy had to, like, run immediately to the airport with no nothing packed, you know, just fly up to China and, you know, I guess buy a toothbrush at the airport. But you um, think about this, that a company has enough money to do that. Oh, OK, well, we'll go to China. Sure. Just but I mean, like that. But I think, I'm I wondering, really, I don't know if you've heard, whether... All these crazy tariffs are going to impact the price of iPhones and other Apple gear built in China or not. But that's so insane, I don't even want to try to guess. Yeah, I, I, I tell you how you could fix any trade imbalance with China. You, you win any trade war with China real quick. You just take one action. Just say, you know what? Don't ship anything else here until you do X, Y, and Z. No more iPhones, no more toy trinkets, no more... 
I don't know, all the various things China makes. Just say, no, nah, you can just keep them on the boat. You can just keep them in the dock. You know, just keep them right there in Shenzhen. I, I don't know. I didn't say that right. I'm sorry. You know, just keep it all over there in China, you know, until you do X, Y. You agree to X, Y, and Z. Like Eric- Josh Centers, tell us if, where we can find more of your stuff. You can read all my tracks and newsletters at Twitter at uh, J Centers, J C E N T E R S, and uh, tidbits.com, which has just recently been redesigned. That's where all my professional articles are. And it's a really nice website these days. And takecontrolbooks.com, also not a bad website, uh, redesigned uh, not that long ago. I have uh, several books there, such as Take Control of Apple Home Automation, Take Control of Apple TV, Take Control of iOS 11, and Take Control Preview. So if you need to take control of something, I'm your Huckleberry. Josh Sanders, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Childhood is full of wonder, and we get the chance to relive it with our grandchildren every day. But imagine missing special moments with a grandchild or seeing them through cloudy vision. The Foundation Fighting Blindness can help by providing valuable information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Age-related macular degeneration is the leading cause of vision loss in people 55 and older, but it doesn't have to be. The Foundation Fighting Blindness is driving research and saving sight by providing information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Don't miss a moment of your grandchildren's youthful wonder because of poor vision. Learn more about vision-saving preventions and treatments. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD. Or go to the website fightblindness.org where you can find so much helpful information. Call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. That number again is 1-800-BLINDNESS or fightblindness.org. Are you still looking for that one iodine that you can really trust? A medical doctor-endorsed product that is backed by honest research and true integrative science. Then search no further. Go to Nutramedical.com for Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutriodine, proven time and time again to be the very best iodine available for you. Nutriodine is the only Tesla-activated monatomic plasma iodine in the world. It optimizes mitochondrial function and generation of new mitochondria from totally neutralized the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California. 
California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriodine is simply the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriodine clears the body of all known pathogens, restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriodine today at 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We're happy to welcome back, and he was on the show a long time ago, Ben Williams of Adbock Plus, and he's making a rare trip to the u.s that's right thanks gene uh for the intro uh i'm in the u.s now for a couple of weeks uh usually we're over in uh in germany but uh nice to get a chance to come home and i don't want to ask him to summarize what we talked about last time but when you have the name adblock plus you get a handle on it now i want to bring up a bunch of stuff because there's been a lot of activity in this front part of which is instigated by google whom you think would not be interested in blocking ads because that's their bread and butter. What's going on here? Well, uh, that was an interesting move uh, that that Google went into, a little, just a little background for everybody listening. So basically, Google said that they were going to come up with uh, a standard that uh, for a better ad and that they would do that with a group mainly composed of big industry players in the U.S., called the Coalition for Better Ads. And they said, okay, we're going to do some research and define, you know, what is a good ad or what is an acceptable ad and what is not. And they came up with a, uh, a list of things. And um, essentially, uh, we did some research on it. They took 55 desktop ad formats and they said, okay, uh, we're going to test these for acceptability. They, they surveyed users on it. And of those 55 ad te- types, they found that about four would go over the line that these these four ad types were beyond the pale and uh so they said we are gonna now block these by default uh within chrome so they started doing that i believe it was february 14th 15th or so they started sort of taking out the worst offenders they they, but uh, as you can imagine 51 um out of 55 uh they're letting through (laughs) on the other hand so not really fair to call it ad blocking 
but it is fair to give them a compliment for trying to do something positive in the industry. Now, this is interesting here. There are a number of kinds of ads that, depending on the site, can really disturb people. And the ones I hate are the ones where you bring up a page, then it grays out, and then the ad flashes in front of you. And that is as offensive as anything. And I think when they do this, someone like Google, it has kind of a hollow ring to it, to be blunt. And the reason is, the reason you have ad block in the first place is because they were bringing out ads that were so offensive, people couldn't really enjoy the site. I mean, on my site, or my other site, thepowercast.com, we just have usually just stationary banner ads with limited animation. If you're going to have a multimedia presentation, of course, Apple has a feature now where you could block autoplay. I think autoplay is offensive. And I think companies got so greedy trying to get money from advertisers and they just accepted anything. Then that's it right there. So now we have Google saying, well, no, we did too much. Let's cut back a wee bit. What do you think? I think, I think you know, that's that's definitely fair. Let me correct myself real fast. Gene, I don't know if you want to cut this out and do it again. I, I quoted the wrong numbers uh, just a second ago. Um, so, so yeah, what, what, uh, what happened with, uh, with Google Chrome recently is on um, February 15th, they decided that they would then block uh, or filter out the very worst offending ads. So it was a trick kind of figuring out what, what are the worst offending ads? And so to do that, they got together with a, a, an industry group, mainly companies, organizations from the United States in the advertising world. And they, they, they surveyed people on um, actual ad types. And to do that, they took 55 different ad types and they, they asked people on desktop, that is, is this ad type you know, offensive to you or is it not offensive to you? And what they found out was um, that uh, the majority of those uh, would still actually be okay. Um, in fact, they decided that the, the, the new Chrome ad filter would only um, block uh, nine of those 55 ads. So basically, uh, you know, it was billed a lot as, as, as sort of an ad blocking move by, by them. Um, but it's really just that they're taking, they're skimming off sort of very, very worst offenders, which, you know, it's not, uh, it's not something that is, is similar to what an ad blocking user would experience, but to the credit, they didn't bill it as that they build it as an ad and an ad filter in the first place. It just kind of got ran off with, uh, in the media as, as being a, you know, a blocker. But anyway, so they started to do that on February 15th and, um, yeah, from our perspective, you know, it didn't didn't really change a whole lot, um, but it did it did it did change some things because you're, we're getting rid of some of like the worst uh, of the worst ads, things like pop ups that really don't provide anybody with value. Well, I guess a little bit is better than nothing. On the other hand, you have to look at the standpoint of the user. If the user is offended by the ads and doesn't visit the site and doesn't click on the ads, which is what's going to generate the income, why do it? Right. I mean, that's been the question for years now. I mean, that's the reason that ad blockers were, were born. If, if no one's getting, uh, if users are, are so fed up with ads that they're not even looking at them or actively blocking them, what's the point of even, of even having them? And, and so, you know, it's, 
baby steps. <laughs> but um, I think that you can look at the entire thing as a response to ad blocking. And also, you know, if, if I might give, you know, us at Adblock Plus uh, a little bit of a pat on the back, uh, we introduced the idea of selective ad blocking, not blocking everything. Um, and the way that we do it and the way that other ad blockers do it now that we kind of pioneered, um, that system is much, much more, um, it has much more scrutiny on what is blocked than, than the new Chrome filter is. But essentially, it's just doing the same thing. It's saying we're going to get rid of those, those ads that are providing zero value for people. Now, the problem is, and this gets back to exactly what you're talking about, Gene, the problem is, is that people, the, some of the ads that are getting let through, I would say are probably the ones that people are annoyed by the most. We're talking about um, certain types of those interstitials, those ads that, that pop up before you get to a website. They gray out the page and they say, you know, buy our truck. Um, and, and then you have to X out of that before you actually get to the site you came to. So a lot of those ads are still there. So I would, you know, argue that, you know, uh, there are still quite a few ads out there that people really aren't getting value for. Um, and that it, it, it's a matter more of the industry adjusting to that and adjusting the, the, the way that they measure the value they're getting from, from ads right now, it's all based upon just does someone see it or not? But if someone is ignoring it or blocking it, then, yeah, you're right. There's not very much value that's being gotten there. Now, it's possibly hard to measure. But the end result for the advertiser is the conversion. Someone sees the ad, they go to the site, they buy the product. And you can't always have a connection because they may go back to the site three or four times to check out something. Maybe there's, as you say, a truck or a car. And it looks interesting, so they go to the site and they check out the car. Maybe they're offering a specific model for a special price. This is two ninety nine a month for an interest-free loan or something like that. And it's not unusual. So they check that out, and then go back to someone else's site. Oh, this one's got two seventy nine for a loan. Let me go back to the other one, look at the equipment. Maybe it's the same. Let me call the dealer. You know, finding the direct conversion from seeing that site seeing that ad on someone's site to actually buying the product is difficult or impossible. And therefore, at the end of the day, just clicking on the ad is the really only real measurement there. But that's yeah. still got to be something. They've got to be able to generate traffic from the ad. They've got to be able to hopefully generate sales from the ad. I don't know how many ads it takes, but they've got to be able to allocate an ad budget and say, well, this is our ad budget for April, and this is how many cars we sold. More to come. Ben Williams, we're talking about their product, which is Adblock Plus, but also about internet advertising on the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. 
Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. We depend on our drinking water supply daily, but where does that water come from? Your water provider encourages you to get to know your local water source so together we can protect and preserve it. The investments we make as a community to protect our water source now ensure we have a sustainable drinking water supply for the future. Visit drinktap.org to learn more. This message is brought to you by the American Water Works Association and your local water provider. Over the last four years, three of the biggest online precious metals dealers have gone bankrupt and their owners put in prison due to theft and fraud. Having previously purchased precious metals, can you be sure you purchased the right product? Did you receive proper advice? Or were you stung by one of these companies? Miles Franklin has been in business for 29 years without receiving any material customer or regulatory complaints ever. Maintaining an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating and residing in Minnesota, the only state in America that regulates the precious metals industry, making doing business in precious metals with Miles Franklin the safest choice, bar none. Call us at 866-485-4346 and let us review your portfolio at no commitment whatsoever. Again, that's 866-485-4346. Get the peace of mind you deserve in working with a precious metals company with a reputation like Miles Franklin. Again, that's 866-485-4346. Miles Franklin Precious Metals, the name you can trust. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know.
Ben, let's just continue with that. If people are put off by the ads, they don't click. Or they click X. Is, does the X count for something? If an ad comes up and you click X because you can't stand to see the darn thing anymore, does that count as a negative hit? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think that they that it counts much for for anybody except for the user who has to, you know, focus their their mouse on the X. <laughs> you know, I mean, that is a, a a moment of disruption for sure, but probably not one that they would associate very positively with. But but you get you get at a good point. I mean, online, most of the advertising dollars, uh, the big advertising dollars, go to display advertising. And display advertising has always had that same issue of like, am I actually getting a sale out of, you know, this or am I just getting inside somebody's head like a jingle, you know, and eventually sometime down the road, they're going to buy my product. The only sure fire way to do it is through the performance based advertising and most Internet advertising, with a huge exception of search, which is, you know, very successful and a couple other kinds is is based uh, upon upon display. So, you know. Yeah, you're hitting on a, on a on a huge issue that a lot of uh, brands have, and so the question really is: is if you're doing brand advertisement, right? If you're if you're if you're branding your product and trying and and doing display advertising, and you're a brand out there, what what actual value are you able to glean from this? And a lot of times, what's happened in the internet is because of user feedback and because of research, things that weren't necessarily available when you're just talking about newspaper ads and uh, magazine ads, we, we've seen that people actually have a negative association with brands if they're presented in an intrusive way. So now, yeah, sure, you're getting through to people. People are remembering that jingle, but not in a very positive way. And, and, and this is something that's just slowly dawning upon like the internet advertising industry. Slowly. Very slowly, yes. <laughs> We've been around for over 10 years now, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the first time they they coined banner blindness was in uh I believe it was 1998. It was a paper uh, a couple professors wrote about it. So, you know, we've known about this for a while because again, you can measure these things on the internet way better than you ever could uh, other types of advertising. But it's taken the industry a long time to to adjust because at the end of the day, even if you say this means nothing, we have an entire industry that's built upon the back of generating a certain amount of views, a certain amount of, yeah, basically it's a certain amount of views. And even if those views mean nothing, there's a lot of people who make a lot of money propping up a system that's based upon nothing. So as long as a lot of people are making money on it, it can, it can survive for a very, very long time. You know, I'm in the wrong business here. I expect that people listen to my two shows, the Tech Night Out Live and the Powercast, and they listen every week because they like the shows and we're giving them information they want. And when we stop, then they'll stop listening. And then stations will stop carrying us for GCN Network. And that's how the business goes. But assaulting listeners, we have to run ads, obviously, but we try to keep them less offensive. Obviously, we don't have control over that because the network chooses it. But I think over the time, as a network has grown, the ads have become more mainstream because of that very reason. They don't want to assault a listener's ears. At the same time, they've got to make a living. Here are the commercials. Maybe you'll hear something that appeals to you. I thought advertising has got to be a positive experience. But this way, you put up with it. You have an ad that's entertaining, a little bit funny, something that grabs their attention. 
if it's an illustration, a banner, you do something that's unusual, not just the usual, if you get my point. Right. You got to catch people's attention in some way. And then the problem uh, of internet, internet advertising from the first internet ad that was, uh, that aired in, in 1994, the problem from that ad to the present is that we got into this system of in order to be different, let's be more loud. That worked for a few years, but then they realized that people weren't paying attention to those ads or were actively blocking them because they don't go to the internet in order to see the ads, of course. They go to the internet, basically trade information. So the intrusiveness factor, it still stands out as one way that people try to be different. Something that I always say to people when when they're they're thinking about a way to advertise is be different, don't be intrusive, but get people to go somewhere else and build a relationship with the user, the potential user of your product. So in the first instance, you don't have to be loud and flashy. You can just get them with a good hook and say, hey, come take part in this experience. Once people then click on something and they want to take part in a particular experience, say it's an interactive experience for we've been using the car metaphor, like this is an interactive experience you can you can use as you're you're out there, you know, searching for a new car or driving your new car. If you get someone to commit to that, then you can do whatever you want. Then then they have actively said, "Yes, I want to I want to interact with this brand because they're they're giving me a compelling experience." It's really that first instance where people see it on the web page where they're in some instances they're still trying to be very intrusive instead of being inventive. Some ad, some people have learned about this. I mean, some people really have. They've, they've, they've adjusted the way that they present the brands out there, and they want to get that long-term user experience because they realize one user that loves my brand and tells all their friends about my brand and interacts with my brand because they, 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 they once saw a non-intrusive ad and took part in a sort of branding exercise, we'll say. That user is worth a million times uh, or worth the, the same or more than a million page views because have any of those million page views actually looked at the brand, considered the brand, recommended the brand? Probably not. They're just empty. Well, you know, I go back to the classic car ads. And we've got a guy out here in Arizona. He's 85 years old, worth hundreds of millions of dollars because of all the dealerships. And the big thing is he rides around to his stores and he rides a horse. He's an old cowboy, okay? He's an old, his guy named Earnhardt, by the way. He's an old cowboy. And because of the way the ads were presented, I would never go into one of those dealerships because they upset me. I thought, well, this is one of those classic, hard-nosed car salespeople. They're going to nickel and dime you to death. They're going to rip you off. I don't want to go there. So one time I was looking for a specific model that they had in stock, and I thought, you know what I'll do? I'll take a test drive in it. If I like it, then I'll go to the dealer I like that I've dealt with before and get the car there. And I went to this dealership, and I gave the name. It's not commercial. They were very nice. The price was the right price. And when they signed us up for financing, they said, you know what? We got you a slightly lower interest rate. And they brought the car to my house. This is not an expensive car, folks. It's a relatively cheap, compact car. But they showed class. And every time I've come in there for routine service, like oil changes, that's where dealerships, by the way, new car, used car, they make their money from used cars 
and service, not from new car sales, because the prices are so competitive. And they were perfectly decent to deal with. I was amazed. I was thinking, you know, maybe you'd make a better impression if the guy with the horse, he retires, counts his money, plays golf, enjoys his life, and they find a better way. So in that case, I went to the dealership in spite of the ads that put me off. But only because they just happened to have the car in stock that I was looking for. Otherwise, I never would have thought about them. So I wonder if sometimes there's a perverse relationship there. That the advertiser is assaulting you with nonsense and they end up hurting themselves. And therefore, they have to be louder next time. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, sometimes it does work if you... In- if by annoying people you stick in their minds. Remember, uh, I don't know if you're a, you were a Seinfeld fan, but George Costanza, he always said he got into uh, to women's uh, brains just by, you know, being around enough, like the buy men in jingle, right? Uh, the old aftershave jingle from like the 80s. And uh, yeah, he said, uh, you know, that's they're annoyed at first, but eventually, eventually, they're not going to be able to get me out of their head, right? So uh, yeah, it it. it it does unfortunately work that you, you know, you annoy people or whatever, but you saw in your case, you had to reverse your, your sort of initial apprehension about them because you probably saw them as, you know, pretty unprofessional. The first, you know, impression you got of them was, you know, they're not very impressive. They're, they're not very professional. They're kind of doing this cheesy commercial. Um, and then they kind of had to reverse that again. Had they done a, a decent commercial, um, I think in the, in the first, uh, instance, and maybe Earnhardt was, you know, not a cowboy, but uh, someone uh, uh, who was memorable, but also didn't didn't put the wrong foot, foot forward. Then they wouldn't have had to reverse that. You so know what? I, we're going to talk about this and more about advertising, online advertising, any kind of advertising. More to come with Ben Williams on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. 
Face it, today's electric power grid is more vulnerable than ever. From natural disasters to EMP attacks and hacking, the grid could be crippled for days or even decades in the most dire scenarios. Visit quantumharvest.net to see our built-to-last EMP-protected solar power systems. While millions suffer, you'll have vital power for water pumps, refrigeration, and sanitation. Now that's peace of mind. EMP-protected solar power systems for every need and budget. See our full range at quantumharvest.net. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So we continue here giving free advertising the Tech Earnhardt. You can look them up online. I mean, we're not selling their product. You know, maybe I should solicit their advertising. Hey, we talked about you on my show. I'll send you a bill. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, we don't do that. We try to, you know, be honest about what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, no, give me, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm in the States for a limited time, but uh, I don't have wheels. Tech Earnhardt, hook it up. <laughs> I'm happy to you get Tell some. me what brand you like. They do look <laughs> it up, by the way. They've got like 60 dealerships. You have one of these big, they're like supermarkets. But like I said, car sales these days very interesting because as i said if you sell new cars there is very very little profit because everybody knows what the price is everybody knows what the invoice price is everybody knows what the dealer holdback is everyone knows what kind of advertising incentive that chrysler or vw or toyota puts into the car they can sit there in five seconds and figure out what the right price is so they can't make money. They'll nickel and dime you sometimes with things like extended warranties and gap insurance and stuff like that. I know about all that stuff. But in the end of the game, more and more of these dealers are saying, we'll match the price of any third-party service because that's their profit. Not just used cars, but service because service means, of course, a constant relationship with the customer because they're coming in for the oil change. That's what makes the profit. It's different than what you think it is. You know, that and, like I said, the finance junk they throw in sometimes. Anyway, enough about cars. But the key here is that in the early days, I kind of looked at Internet advertising, web advertising, as the equivalent of a newspaper. So you have a newspaper with the articles surrounded by ads, obviously stationary ads. So they took that model, correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, and online you see a site with content surrounded by stationary ads, and later on they add animations and all the other junk. That was the counterpart of newspaper advertising, correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're not at all. That's exactly how it worked. The first ad I referred to earlier was an ad for AT&T. It's really famous now, and, and uh, it was in, in uh, basically Wired, the publication. And it was just a basic uh, rectangle leaderboard ad that uh, now is a standard format in the industry. It started out pretty innocent, pretty innocuous. You know, after that, then pop-ups were born. After that, they realized that they had this sort of toolkit of different ways that they could present the advertising. And they, they tried everything in the book. They tried to make it as colorful, as bright, and loud as possible. The interesting thing about that first ad, though, is, is they didn't consider it like an advertisement. It tells you about people the way that they apprehended the Internet in those days. They, they really just looked at the Internet as a place to exchange information. So the first ad was not branded with AT&T. Rather, 
It was just uh, an ad that said, please click here. And then if you click there, you would get information that was encyclopedic in, in nature. It was like, these are the world's great museums. And they considered it like a PSA, a public service announcement, not an ad. There is one key difference there. They didn't consider advertising as advertising when the internet started. Of course, we know that all changed. Now, with advertising, internet advertising, especially radio advertising, I think it's not always converting or selling an individual product, but brand building, especially with radio, where it works best when you hear it several times. I'm not selling radio advertising as a medium, although, you know, I'd like to. But the way radio ads work and TV ads, too, is you see the ad several times and the image is reinforced. And then you look into it. And sometimes you're not selling a specific product. You're selling the brand. The brand has a certain image. Just like, you know, Farmers Insurance, you have this Farmers University, which actually is based on something that really exists. And you got an actor that everybody trusts because he's a great character actor, J.K. Simmons. And I think he is the biggest thing there. Sometimes it's the person who creates the image, in this case, an actor, that people trust. Normal-looking guy from Michigan, nice guy, but he plays everything, even from the crazy newspaper publisher J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies, and Commissioner Gordon in Justice League, and the farmer's guy. This is the kind of person you trust. Or you have, for example, Samuel L. Jackson. He was doing a commercial for Siri for Apple. And you know, with his authoritative way, if he says, Siri, do this, Siri going to say yes. Right. No, no, absolutely. Uh, J.K. Simmons, uh, the, he definitely earned that, too. Remember, his first role was in Oz. I don't know if anyone remembers the HBO series, but he was a, a, a major villain in that. So, you know, having a trusted figure there and, and more presenting your brand as a whole, as an idea, is something that is easier to do in radio, also to a certain degree in podcasts, sort of radio's uh, twin um, and also to do on, on television. If you hear that voice that you trust um, reading an ad on a, um, a podcast, for instance, or if you hear, I'm going to use Tex Earnhardt again, more free advertising for those guys. But if you hear uh, you know, a local celebrity perhaps doing a radio spot, you're going to be like, oh, I trust that, that person. Um, she used to play basketball at the university. Like, yeah, she, she could sell me anything. Or if you're on TV, you have J.K. Simmons. Another actor, he did Lexus commercials, and you see him on 10 TV shows at once. He played Dexter's father, James Remar. Okay? Look up that name. He's a villain. He's a hero. He's in the CW superhero series Black Lightning, about a middle-aged African-American who's a superhero, but now his day job is a school principal, high school principal. You know, he's on that one. He plays his sidekick. He plays a military man on NCIS Los Angeles at the same time. Like I said, he was Dexter's father, you know, where he talks to his father who's long dead and gives him advice from beyond the grave or something. And this guy, you believe him, too. He can be a hero. He can be a villain. He's got a very, you know, kind of a very stern look. And he's another one of those actors, that voice. I heard it on the other day. I'm watching a TV show. I think it was Legion. One of these superhero shows from Marvel Comics. It's James Raymar doing the voiceover. Yeah, the best is when you can either associate a voice you know, or even like in the case of J.K. Simmons and Farmers Insurance, he's become like 
beyond all of his roles, you also know him as the farmer's insurance guy. So it like it, 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 it's like the commercial becomes uh, another one of the most famous roles in the person's repertoire. With Samuel L. Jackson, you know, for instance, you know him because of the the iconic scenes in Pulp Fiction, right? I mean, that's where he stands out in my memory, but also now the commercials, like these um, NTA commercials he does with Spike Lee and Charles Barkley, even though they've kind of honestly become crappy lately. But anyway, <laughs> you see him all over the place and you trust him as that person to, to you associate with a brand. Yeah, and, and you can't really do that online. That's, that's going back to the, that point. Like, it's really hard to pull that off because uh, on a website, I mean, how, how would you do it? You would always have, like, okay, good example. The, the, the guy who used to be on all of the Verizon commercials and then he was like a turncoat and he went to Sprint. Right. That guy was in the commercial. Yeah, he says, can you hear me now? Yeah, Good. that guy. Right. So, like, he, he, you see him on the internet, and you would know him, but only because you would associate with him with the guy you saw on TV. Well, you see, right? it's not impossible to do a web, even a stationary ad, and have that person's face displayed prominently. Oh, he's the guy from Sprint now, or he's the guy from Farmer's Insurance. If you take the image and put it in a stationary ad, that's one thing. Another thing is I have no objection to a multimedia ad, but one which invites you, doesn't force you, but invites you to click on the ad to see what it's all about. Make you totally. curious enough to say, show the guy's face, got something to tell you. You click on the that's ad, you watch the message. It's not where it autoplays. You don't want to autoplay. But if you do it that way, I think that's another way to take the person's brand imaging the thing that makes you positive, like the Geico Gecko, whatever it is. You, if you have this image of the product that you like and you accept, there's still a way to introduce it to you without offending you. And I don't think a lot of these advertisers understand that you want to make people feel warm and fuzzy. We've got some warm and fuzzy announcements for you right now, and Ben and Gene will be back on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. 
Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, for the 6th Annual Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, June 1st through the 4th. Contact in the Desert is an epic weekend of adventure filled with exciting explorations into ancient aliens, human origins, crop circles, UFO sightings, disclosure, and the newest evidence of ongoing contact. This amazing weekend offers more than 50 lectures, 40 workshops, 8 exciting panels, and special events. Contact in the Desert features leading experts, including me, George Nori, Giorgio Sukalos, David Wilcock, Linda Moulton Howe, Michael Tellinger, Eric Von Doniken, Corey Good, Doc Wallach, and many more important researchers and scientists in the field. With a breaking New York Times story, disclosure of the Pentagon's mysterious UFO program, Contact in the Desert is the place to go to see the inside track. Join us at contactinthedesert.com or call 760-660-8484. That's contactinthedesert.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you have the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hello, my name is Marjorie Wildcraft. I'm the founder of The Grow Network, which is an online community of people who produce their own food and medicine. We are really into backyard self-reliance. If you want this lifestyle, I suggest your first step be to learn some basic home medicine. Just the other day, my 18-year-old son came to me and said, Mama, I got a sore throat. Can you fix me up? And I said, Sure, Ryan. And in about 24 hours, he was better. The best home medicine for you to start out with is garlic. It's an amazing natural antibiotic, and I can show you how to use garlic to handle ear infections, sore throats, colds, and flus. As a way for you to get to know a little bit more about me and the Grow Network, I've written up an easy introduction on how to use garlic. It's at gcnwellness.com. Now, the station manager told me that I needed to say the URL at least twice, even though it feels kind of weird. But if you're interested in backyard self-reliance, you are one of us. Go to www.gcnwellness.com and let's connect up. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So we continue with all this good stuff. And we're talking here about ad blocking and the reason for ad blocking, which is, of course, that web ads have been out of control for years and upsetting people. And obviously, Google has made a slight movement in the proper direction. But I'm looking at the long term here. Obviously, here on my sites, we depend on web advertising. We don't want to upset anybody. 
we also have an anti-ad blocker where if someone's got is blocking the ads we put up a message saying wouldn't you like to see the ads because we depend on those ads for our income and i don't know the percentage of ads that aren't seen but means that's money taken out of my pocket so i'm on the other side too here i don't want to block the ads and i don't want to run ads that turn off people what do we do sure we talked earlier about like selective ad blocking, and that's like become the industry standard. So there are a couple of uh, choices for you there. One is there's a, an acceptable ads uh, committee, and it's a group of, of it's an independent uh, nonprofit entity. We're about to have the second meeting of it actually in New York, and I'm lucky enough to get there and be in a fly on the wall. But basically, it's people uh, from the industry, also people from nonprofits and the user side of things who are determining an ad standard that's okay for ad blockers. So if you have ads that aren't so intrusive, they uh, can be tested by the uh, uh, criteria established by this committee. And then most ad blockers now will run those ads by default. Now, a user, if they want to, caveat, can definitely go in and, and block everything if they want to. But we, we started this idea, we handed it off, and what we found is that only about 8 to 10% of our users turn that off. So that means you have a very valuable audience. You have demographically, you know, younger, tech-savvy, more educated people who are actually going uh, to see the non-intrusive ads and fewer of those ads per page. So that's one way of getting that audience back. Another way of getting that audience back is, of course, if at some point, I don't think it'll get to this point where ad blockers aren't needed, but if you continue to make better and better advertising, then users at some point may not need adver- uh, advertisers at all, or excuse me, ad blockers at all. Um, and then, of course, there are other ways to to monetize. I think um, you you can't turn on a user who doesn't want to see any ads. So those eight percent of our users and, and ad blocker users who are just blocking everything, that's not the best way to get through to them. So you try to get through to them um, in 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 other ways um, rather than you know annoying them, which is probably going to be a bad experience. So uh, micro payments, a lot is being done in that area to find a sustainable way to you know get publishers there do and get creators there view, uh, d- do on that. Um, and I, so I think that the, the avenues are definitely open. I mean, between now and the last time we spoke, Gene, I think a lot's changed on that front. So there are avenues actually to reach even, even the users uh, who are uh, using ad blockers. Well, something I think we need to hook up on and see how things work. Let's look at the future, though, of web advertising. And I think it's reached a point here where what I hear is that Google can't get the same payment per click as they used to, although they still make a lot of money. So is there a point here where web advertisers may may wear out their welcome? I don't know if it'll ever... No, I, I mean, to answer just straight, I don't think so. I think it'll change. I think it'll evolve. I think it is evolving, but it won't completely... Uh disappear because ultimately people still expect content to be free online so if we get a good micropayment system for instance in place we're talking about maybe monetizing say 20 percent of the population people who really care and really want to give back um but you still need ads for the other you know to monetize the rest um so i don't think ads will disappear but i do think that they'll they'll get better i think that you know we have a lot of really serious issues right now that are also pushing other aspects of it. The, the Facebook Cambridge Analytica 
deal that's you know still uh, ongoing, that is going to raise uh, the you know the specter of like online privacy to pe- people who may never have heard about it before, who may not have have have, uh, have realized that you know they are the product if they're not paying for something. Yeah. We just saw a story the other day when you use Facebook Messenger, you kind of expect it's a private conversation. I mean, Apple's messages is encrypted end to end. Other services are. But Facebook is scraping those messages. Well, I mean, that and, and, and everything that's going on with, with Facebook right now, I, th- I feel like Facebook, they have a lot of things that they need to, to clear up to regain user trust uh, at this point, because I think that they've been dealt a blow. I think it, it, it but it's, it's good that consumers are finally paying attention uh, or finally being, you know, you know, that this information is coming to light, that consumers are understanding that when they go onto Facebook, they are basically becoming um, their information, their data is becoming the product because that's, that's ultimately the the best advertisers. There's two of them, (laughs) right? The duopoly of Google and Facebook. And the one thing that those two have in common, aside from being huge is the fact that they have the most data about the most people online. So there's this connection between having more data and getting more money. And it's good that people are finally waking up to that fact. It doesn't mean that having data and, and running some targeted advertising is necessarily evil by default. It's not. It just means that people are under-informed um, about how all that stuff works. And uh, you know, I do think that they're going to have to be more forthcoming uh, change the way that they communicate these issues with users uh, to keep that user trust. Well, Facebook, you see, is, has such a convoluted terms of service with so many options that it's very easy to fall within the cracks. Most people don't make those settings because they're just really too much. They can't codify this into 10 different things, or say. You know, big lettering. Big checkboxes. Before you use Facebook, do this. Of course, it's not in their best interest to do that. But I think at the end of the day, people are hearing every day, they're scraping my text messages. What's going on here? They're doing this. They're doing that. They've got things related to politicians, sending out fake appeals for a politician running for president, doing weird things with one's personal information. All that's going to do is force people to leave Facebook. I know there's a Facebook group that I used to subscribe to, and now the only messages I see there are messages in which they say, oh, we are leaving this group. We've had, right. we've had quite enough. We're not going to put up with this stuff anymore because all they're doing is abusing our privacy. We don't want that anymore, and therefore we're going to leave Facebook. Now, at the end of the day, unless Facebook gets together, they're going to lose a lot of people. And if they do, it serves them right. They went through this unfettered. They basically copied the Google business model. Make the thing that you're selling the customer or user. we got things to sell here, and we hope they will be pleasant for you to listen to. <laughs> With Ben and Gene, this is the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Would it be okay if you had two paychecks instead of one? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy and myself, want to show you how to get an extra paycheck every month, creating an extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Message and data rates may apply. Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text BEST33 to 443-443 and check fridge filters off your to-do list forever. Get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. To see how much you can save, plus get free shipping, text BEST33 to 443-443. With a huge range of brand name filters available, Filters Fast is America's number one online filtration company. And you can get a Filters Fast brand filter for a fraction of the price, delivered to your door every time you need it. No need to remember. It's not a matter of if you need a fridge filter. Why not text to get it taken care of? To see how much you can save and get free shipping, Text BEST33 to 443-443. That's B-E-S-T-33 to 443-443. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Aging is one thing that affects everyone. George has talked about the power of stem cells for years. Now there's a new serum that harnesses that stem cell power to bring back your youthful look. Beverly Hills doctor, Nathan Newman. Stem cells are basically our fountain of youth. This is what maintains our body's uh, reparative regenerative abilities. As we age, every cell breaks down and has to be replaced, and what replaces it is the stem cell. Dr. Newman and Janess have developed Luminess. Luminous 
Lumines takes the science of stem cells using the same growth factor complex that literally heals our cells, slowing the appearance of the aging process. Apply Lumines twice daily and on average, see results in a week. Learn more, watch our video, and order today at a special Coast website, healthylooking.com. Plus, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that's healthylooking.com. Lumines for a healthier, much younger, better-looking you. Buy now at healthylooking.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. See, Ben, I got to do that because I'm presenting commercials here, and I got to kind of hope because I don't do all the commercials myself that they're mostly going to be acceptable. If you don't like it, you just... Fast forward or you subscribe to Tech Night Out Plus. Let me tell you about Tech Night Out Plus. For a modest monthly, weekly, annual fee, we offer you every week a commercial-free version of this show, free of the network ads, for a modest fee, like I said. We have to replace the money somehow. And we give you slightly better audio quality. For more information, go to plus.technightout.com, plus.technightout.com. So, Ben Williams, was that a good commercial? That was a great commercial, actually. And you give people options, you know? First of all, it's, a, it's a, an honest lead into ads. People don't like to be lied to. They like to understand the relationship between publisher and advertiser. And two, you give people a chance, if they really are annoyed by ads, to get around it. And, you know, if people like content, they're willing to pay for it. Look at the you know, success of Patreon. That's one, one thing. We're developing something we call Flatter where we allow people to actually fund all the content they, they, they look at online and not you know have any sort of paywalls or anything like that. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what you're going for. And the brands who are being advertised to, I didn't hear the commercials, but they're going to take that as a compliment as well because it's a real lead-in. People trust things that they know. If they know you, Gene, then yeah, that's going to help sell those products. Now, I want to ask you, too, about paywalls. Right. Okay, paywalls. We have situations here where a lot of news sites, you just click on the site. You go to the Wall Street Journal, this is a paywall. You don't even get, you know, like 10 free articles. Paywall. You get one paragraph paywall. The New York Times gives you, I think, 10 free articles. But, of course, what a lot of people do is they simply clear the cookies for the New York Times after 10 articles, and you get another 10. Because that's the only way they can track it with cookies. But it doesn't mean the New York Times isn't worth it or that they shouldn't get the money. The Washington Post, owned by Jeff Bezos, is also a paywall. I think it's five or ten free articles. You do the same thing with L.A. Times. You sample it, and then you have the option to go ahead and subscribe. With the Washington Post, by the way, you get a really cheap subscription if you're a user of Amazon Prime, you know, for video and for getting free two-day shipping on many items, you also get a really good discount on the Washington Post. So that's another thing. The question I have is, does this make sense? Are they making enough money from paywalls in comparison with the number of people who won't visit the site because it's a paywall to compensate and improve their income so they can make a living? 
Apparently they are, because, I mean, post-Brexit, post-Trump, I'm not getting political here, I promise, but people started to flock a lot more to uh, sort of the most trusted news out there, places like Financial Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, and you see that they're actually hiring now, all those people, all those publications, after some pretty lean years around the financial crisis of 2008. So they're all doing okay, and that's that's their model. The problem is, is it leaves out the majority of the internet who you know don't fall into those special cloistered uh, categories of, of being the New York Times, you know, or the Washington Post. So what to do with the rest? And as we were talking about before, you know, you can do this through micropayments. Uh, we've been trying to figure out uh, this and, and are made some great strides on how can you support the rest of the internet? The paywall is not the answer because that means that you have to pay a, a, a separate amount of money to each site that you might want to visit. So our idea is just tear down all the walls, pay one fee, uh, and then distribute that to the uh, content that you consume the most, right? So if you give 10 bucks a month and you spend a third of your time on your website, then then you'd get $3.33. Okay, let me just talk about that because it's interesting. Yeah. It's almost like the model used for like Apple Music or Spotify, where if they download 10,000 songs from this artist, they get paid for 10,000. If they download four songs from this artist, they get paid for the four songs, you know, per song. So it's almost like the same thing if the people download that content more often for the flat fee, they get paid more. More or less. I mean, without getting into the details, I mean, that that is the idea that it rewards the best content. So if you have a blog out there in a, in a sort of niche uh, market, like, I don't know, we'll say hiking or something like that, then you're going to be able to attract a very good uh, audience and get those people to come back. But you can't just keep them by corralling them behind a paywall. Uh, the best way to keep them is to continue to make the best content out there. Because if you don't continue to make the best content, then they're going to go to the other, you know, niche hiking website. So yeah, that's kind of the idea is it rewards the very best content and uh, the people who create it, um, they, they have a non ad way to, to make a lot of money. But I mean, the the plus model is also not a bad one. I mean, the one that you were uh, talking about before uh, for your show, I mean, that's something that you've seen work at places like ESPN. I think they have something called insider. Uh, I mean, I assume it's doing okay because they still have it. Uh, there are other uh, places where you get preferred treatment um, if you're a subscriber. Some podcasts do that, for instance. You get extra uh, articles. There's a, a really great site called Stratechery, and this this guy you get you get one article per, per week. I think is how it works if you're a non-subscriber, and otherwise you get lots more content. So yeah, there are ways to get people people in, involved in these. These were just sort of scratching the the surface of. I, I don't think I think the biggest problem with internet advertising is people weren't creative about it. Now they you created- raise a couple of points here about our plus package. Yeah. What we do with our other show, the Powercast, is we give them a second show, uncensored, a second show, unpredictable. It's called After the Powercast, and you get both in that particular package. And we'll be adding occasionally stuff to Tech Night Out, uh, surprise stuff. And this is what we do. We give them not just cutting out the network ads, we give them additional content. And that's also not an uncommon thing to do. Now, another way of doing this is to set the number of ads you get based on what you pay. So, for example, 
CBS All Access is a streaming network. It has CBS network content, plus a few exclusives like a spin-off to the Good Wife TV show and Star Trek Discovery. You pay $5.99, you get limited commercials. You pay $9.99, you get no commercials. I don't know how it works. Right now, I think it's just about Star Trek. That's all they were offering that really interests me. But I don't know if I'd pay $5.99, let alone $9.99 a month for one show that's going to be, what, 15 episodes a season? How is that worth it? What do you do for the remaining, what, 37 weeks? Yeah, no, that's that's definitely problematic. And you see, you see sites, uh, you see right now, I think a lot of content out there, especially, um, is that places premium, premium content is being bought up by a couple, uh, a couple sources. I don't want to get too far down a rabbit hole, but you know, Disney is going to have an app soon. And because they've pulled all their stuff from Netflix, all of that material is going to be available on different Disney app that everyone's going to want to own. Um, so they'll now have a Disney app and a Netflix app, and they'll have to sort of use use both both of those apps. But for a one-off uh, situation like you're talking about, I, I think the benefits just have to outweigh the rewards. And it's really, or, or excuse me, the benefits have to outweigh um, the, the difficulty of signing up for multiple different services, right? If you can corral lots of stuff of great content in one place, then you can, uh, like Netflix, then you can you can demand that people pay like eight ninety nine or whatever their their new rate is. You but see, that's just- cable, but that's cable TV already, where you have an aggregate of content for a specific monthly price. You have fifty stations this way, you have a two hundred this way, and what happened there is it kind of got excessive, and people woke up and said, "I've got two hundred channels, nothing to watch." And then Netflix found a niche. They started out renting videos and then they started offering older content by streaming and they started paying for unique content and we started taking a pause for this message on the tech night ally thank you for listening to gcn visit gcnlive.com today As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
Healthcare reform is confusing, but whether it's finding an affordable insurance plan, keeping your doctor, or being able to afford needed prescriptions, navigating the healthcare system has become a challenge. Control your own healthcare costs and choices with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of each other's medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Face it, today's electric power grid is more vulnerable than ever. From natural disasters to EMP attacks and hacking, the grid could be crippled for days or even decades in the most dire scenarios. Visit quantumharvest.net to see our built-to-last EMP-protected solar power systems. While millions suffer, you'll have vital power for water pumps, refrigeration, and sanitation. Now that's peace of mind. EMP-protected solar power systems for every need and budget. See our full range at quantumharvest.net. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, for the 6th Annual Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, June 1st through the 4th. Contact in the Desert is an epic weekend of adventure filled with exciting explorations into ancient aliens, human origins, crop circles, UFO sightings, disclosure, and the newest evidence of ongoing contact. This amazing weekend offers more than 50 lectures, 40 workshops, 8 exciting panels, and special events. Contact in the Desert features leading experts, including me, George Nori, Giorgio Sukalos, David Wilcock, Linda Moulton Howe, Michael Tellinger, Eric Von Doniken, Corey Good, Doc Wallach, and many more important researchers and scientists in the field. With a breaking New York Times story, disclosure of the Pentagon's mysterious UFO program, Contact in the Desert is the place to go to see the inside track. Join us at contactinthedesert.com or call 760-660-8484. That's contactinthedesert.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. That's a very sneaky way to segue, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? On the Tech Night Owl live, Ben Williams and Gene Steinberg. Ben, of course. It was telling us about anti-ad block plus, but also it's become a fascinating discussion about advertising and how those things worked. So Netflix carved out a place by offering exclusive content, House of Cards, et cetera, et cetera, and all the, those shows. And people found a way to say, you know what? I can't afford to pay $100 a month for the cable. Netflix offers some good stuff. I'll get Netflix. 
you also get Showtime. And now I can get HBO, CBS All Access, Hulu. Suddenly it becomes the reverse of your nightmare. I gave up cable and satellite. I cut the cord. And now I've got so many separate services, this mishmash of applications, and I have $9.99 for this and $15 for that. I'm paying more money. And I think what's happening with all these separate services is Netflix will have its way of doing things. Amazon, Apple's going to offer a few TV shows. I think people are going to wake up and say, you know, I'm spending more money now. Maybe I should go for the cable again. You're, you could have a confluence of apps, but I, I think that ultimately they'll get bought up and there'll only be a couple different uh, providers there. Uh, the two biggest ones I see are Disney and Netflix. Uh, there's also Hulu. They're kind of the wild card there. If you have to own one or two apps, that's probably acceptable. There are these weird things, though, that still exist on like linear TV, like normal cable TV, that people are going to uh, flock to, and they may even still work there, things like sports. People want to watch uh, sports basically whenever in good you know, HD, and, and, and that's going to be, I think, a difficult one to switch over because of licensing agreements and lots of other other things. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it could get to the point where people have too many apps and too many subscriptions. But my feeling is, is right now, you know, they bundle it for a while with your internet bill. Like your cable will be bundled with your internet. And so they're just going to find a price point and everyone's going to pay it. Because who, if Disney has an app, who doesn't want Disney content, right? Well, have- I would want it for Marvel, Star Wars. Right. That's about it. Same here, but you know that's just my subjective opinion. But that content is so good <laughs> that I'd want it, and I think that they that, that, that it's a matter of like buying up the premium content. On our end of things, you know, when we were talking about ad blocking, to bring it back a little bit, it doesn't get to that level that premium content, and that's a bigger problem on on the web. It's a bigger problem that affects a lot of things like YouTube, like AdBlock Plus blocks ads on YouTube. Most people didn't realize that they can skip those 30-second pre-roll video ads when they use Adblock Plus or another Adblock. We have a YouTube channel for the Paracast. Don't say that. I didn't say anything. You can't do that. But but for real, people don't understand that, um, you know, a lot of that that they can block. But also, uh, this is the quality of content on YouTube is not at Marvel and Star Wars Disney levels, right? So the farther you go down as far as, like, quality of content, you get finally to user-generated content. And that's where it's still easy to sneak in a lot of really bad ads. But there's a lot of that content online. So, you know, we've talked about not just blocking the ads that are offensive, but web advertising in general, advertising in general, attitude towards advertising and content, because it's all related. You want people to see your content. You have to make a living. You have to pay the bills. You have to pay the rent. And you want to do it, hopefully, maybe some of you don't care, you want to do it in a way that doesn't offend people, it makes them feel good about it. Even if you don't buy the product, maybe you like the ad, it's cute. I like to see more inventiveness in web advertising. I like to see more ways to make people feel good or accepting about what's going on without causing them annoyance and pain and asking them to use an ad blocker. Or as you say, there's a way to have the ads checked so they determine whether the ads are acceptable or not. Because people abuse the system. It's like police, isn't it? No, no, that's a good that's a good one to end on, actually, uh, because it highlights where ad blocking is these days. If you delve into the details, you'll find that people are either trying to 
dissuade ad block use from ever happening. That's one poll and, and essentially just combining everyone into one pool and reaching them with better ads. Then there's the other uh, way, and that's the, the second part you brought up. And it's saying, okay, we have this ad blocking audience, but they're never going to be more than 20, 30 percent of, of the population, of the online population. So let's reach them with a separate experience. And that separate experience is something that's pretty fruitful place right now because people are realizing I can be inventive, as you suggest, and it's just a matter of getting people's attention in a non-intrusive way. And, and I think you brought this up before, and I did too, but it's like in that first instance, when you pull the web page up, you don't want it to be too loud. That's the point where you need to hook someone, and then it's all about volition. It's all about them saying, yeah, I want to click on that because I want to hear more about this product. And then you've got a user for life. That's sort of the other way to reach people is the non-intrusive way of getting an ad blocker, um, you know, even, um, uh, you know, on their own terms. So again, if you want to work with the ad blocker, as we want to do with our ads, you're going to look at all our ads and say, okay, these are acceptable. These are not or what? So this independent committee, the acceptable ads committee, they have a standard. Um, they are constantly iterating on that. Like I said, they're meeting next Friday in New York to make new mobile ad standard. And you just come to, to, uh, an ad blocker like us that takes part in it. And, uh, we offer, uh, to help you through that process essentially. And then, you know, you're opened up to, you know, anywhere from 130 to 150 million ad blocking users worldwide. It's a pretty exciting, exciting way. And it's, it's one way where I think the industry is actually moving forward. This way, if you know those ads are acceptable, you'll accept ads from that sponsor or ad network. If you find out, well, those ads are not going to make it. Those ads are not considered acceptable for human consumption or <laughs> extraterrestrial consumption because we do the paranormal radio show. Then you don't accept those ads. You cut out those ad networks and they learn. I hope. Right. I mean, there is that, that, that method. Of it. it does push the industry to, as a whole, to a better place. So, yeah, certain, certain ad types out there, everyone dislikes. Certain ad types out there are annoying for ad blockers, but for everybody else, they're maybe okay. And then there are the last type, and they're the kind that, are, that ad blockers say are okay, and, and only these types are okay. And that's what this committee is trying to get to. I mean, getting back to that creativity point. This gets at, well, okay, we have one type of video ad we get people with on, on videos. Why can't we make it a little bit better so that even an ad blocker makes it? That's not out of the question. This needs, needs to be creative. Ben, tell our listeners if they want to know more about Ad Block Plus. What do they do? So uh, just go to adblockplus.org. Uh, download Ad Block Plus for your browser. doesn't matter which one you use. It'll work on there. It's free download. Um, and if you want to use Adblock uh, on your uh, mobile device, just go to adblockbrowser.org or adblockbrowser.com, and either want to work. And um, yeah, download uh, one of our mobile solutions there. You can find us on Twitter without an ad blocker or with an ad blocker. <laughs> go to Tech Night Owl. You'll find Gene Steinberg with the plaid shirt, the red plaid shirt on Facebook. We have a second radio show about UFOs. And things that go bump in the night called the Paracast. And this week we feature special guest host Don Ecker with Reverend 
Barry Downing, who many years ago wrote one of the first books about possible ancient astronauts. Okay? And so he comes back with lots of wisdom, lots of interesting information. You'll find out more at theparacast.com, theparacast.com. Don't forget the way to eliminate network ads on the Tech Night Out Live, and that's to subscribe to Tech Night Out Plus. We also improve the audio quality. So Ben Williams sounds great. Gene Steinberg never changes. Don't know why that is. <laughs> Go to plus.technightowl.com. Once again, that's plus.technightowl.com. Prices start just $1.49 a week, less than the cost of a cup of coffee at many of those convenience stores and half the price, I think, of Starbucks. Not sure. Ben Williams, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. You bet, Gene. Thanks for having me. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.